What's up, guys? Today on the podcast, we had a chat with Darren Leishman from Spitfire Inbound in South Africa. Really interesting conversation about how he approaches uh, his business with his clients. Um, if you're a potential customer and you're a, a B2B business with a kind of a, a complex setup, uh, Darren might be the guy to go to. Um, they serve uh, South Africa for sure, but also uh, seems like customers all over the world as well. So um, really interesting uh, chat with somebody who has you know, a couple of decades experience in the game. And uh, without further ado, I'll kick it over to the guys. Welcome to the DubSpot Partner Podcast, where we chat to HubSpot partners about how they deliver outstanding value to their customers in an evolving technology landscape. And now live from HubSpot EMEA HQ in Dublin, here's your host, Luke Curry. Welcome to another episode of the DubSpot Partner Podcast, uh, live from my box room still. I haven't gone back to the office just yet. Um, this is season two. Uh, we are live from Johannesburg. How's it going, Darren Leishman? Um, really good, thanks, Luke. Um, nice to join you. Um, from sunny South Africa, as you sit in gloomy Ireland. Um, 100%. We, yeah, we are enjoying summer at the moment, so very happy. I forgot all about that before we got on this call. Um, so uh, Spitfire Inbound is the is the the partner out there in Johannesburg. Um, we were just having a chat beforehand, and we said we might as well hit record because we were kind of having a chat about the business and your kind of take on things and stuff like that. But how would you describe uh, Spitfire to the to the listener um, or to the the sales rep or whoever is going to be listening to this? How would you describe yourselves? Um, so uh, I think that. We're a purpose-built inbound and HubSpot specialist agency. We do all things HubSpot um, and really focused on going deep into how we can help solve customer problems using HubSpot and a few other technologies, but really with HubSpot at the core. So we always say our our blood pumps are orange. Um, We've been a pure HubSpot shop for just over five years. Okay. Um, we dabbled in a few others, right? So we we tested some others, um, and very quickly we learned that what HubSpot has is something very special. Nice, great to hear. And how did you kind of get involved with the the HubSpot uh, side of things? Was it just you had been doing marketing beforehand, and it kind of just fitted with the the type of uh, philosophy that you guys had? Yes, yeah, so I I started an agency in 2000, right? So we had a full service ad agency um, servicing a number of clients like really through the line. So everything from promotional um, items, events, right through to above the line advertising, TV production, radio, print, all of that. Cool. Um, and I'd run the business. So the business was 17 years old at the time. My 2RC who had helped me launch Suzuki back into the country. So Suzuki Automotive had pulled out during apartheid. Um, And I'd worked on the bike brand for many years. Um, Effectively, the bike brand was my first customer in that business. And Veronica joined me um, from a big um, traditional agency when we were looking to launch the car brand back into the country um, and helped me build that brand strategy out and, and been very successful at doing that and she had been running the the accounts and it effectively pushed me out of every role I had in the business um so we promoted her to MD at the time and I was sort of going well what do I do now um and we'd been doing a lot of digital work um so we'd been doing a lot of AdWords a lot of Facebook a lot of Twitter and we were looking at tools to more effectively measure it and we've always taken a very analytical approach to marketing 
So I was now kicking around because I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't running the business as such. So I sort of picked this up as a side project going, how are we going to more effectively measure? And I started doing a whole lot of research um, and kept running into these really helpful articles by this company that I'd never heard of called HubSpot. I was like, okay, so how do we more effectively measure Facebook? And it's like, well, that was quite helpful. And then go, well, how do we measure Twitter? And there was another really useful piece of information. And then um, I roped in Alison, who's actually my the strategic director of Spitfire now, um, and my wife, and she's from an academic background. Um, and I was like, you're much better at research than I am. So I need you to research this. This is what I'm thinking. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing, but go find me like the, the right solution. And she came back about three months, uh, no, about three weeks later, sorry, not months, and said, well, like I've looked around and HubSpot really are nailing this. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked at the price and I went, you know, fell off my chair, <laughs> got back up and went, that's ridiculous. Find me three other ways to do this cheaper. And we went down what Damesh refers to as the Franken model. Yeah. Um, we went and looked at, at every possible solution of how we can cobble together um, what HubSpot's doing. And we even found the article that HubSpot had written going, you know, this is how to mimic what we do free. Um, and then we got a call from an account, a cam at HubSpot one day, Steen Gordon. And he went, I think you're ready to be a partner. And I said, what makes you think that? And he showed me my customer journey in okay. HubSpot. And I was like, where do I sign? Yeah. Just like <laughs> price went out the window. I was like, this is what I've dreamt of my whole life. I've used many CRMs in the past. Um, and I was like, this is, this is the future. Um, and that was 2016. Okay. And uh, even the, the products come a long way since then, even. Oh, it's worlds apart. Yeah. I mean, it, then if I look back at what it was then now, it's, yeah, you get everything that we bought then was, is now in free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's an interesting one. Cause that's, that was one of the, I guess the techniques that we used to use in the, when it was. A primarily a, a marketing a application as well when i first started in the in a direct sales role in HubSpot, and you know when you especially if you can show it to somebody who ha, has been working in, in marketing and knows how um you know how powerful that understanding of the customer journey can be um it's it's a it's one that kind of just uh changes the the mindset for them because i know i worked with a lot of marketers over the years and uh that cobbled thing together they could have five or six different tabs where they're trying to, you know, tabulate everything together and uh, HubSpot allows them to just, just, you know, work out of one uh, system. What I found is that I got, I, I, as we did that, I got more and more frustrated because I couldn't believe the data, right? I, I didn't know what to believe. And then we would have like three or four people sitting going, okay, we're going to crunch the numbers. And I'm like, but we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Like, we, we should be marketing and selling and yeah. we are trying to be data analysts. Yeah. You know, what HubSpot does really well is it puts the power in the hands of the marketer and of the salesperson and it aligns them together and goes, hey guys, work as a team. Here's the information from marketing that you need to, to sell more and here's the information from sales that you need to be a better marketer and it's baked into the system. Yeah. Could, and it seems so simple, right? But nobody else does that. Only HubSpot does that properly. Yeah. 
Really, and the only I, one that does it is HubSpot. I think properly is a good uh, a good way to put it as well because I've I have a friend of mine, a very successful business um, here in Dublin, and I was talking to him about his uh, a sales org, and he's got like five or six salespeople, you know, and they're doing great, you know. But uh, when he talked about the the process, they do have a CRM, uh, but it's very, I guess, simple. It's not really attached to anything to the website, or it's not really it's completely separate. And a lot of this, uh, his guys are, um, you know, yeah, account based selling, and they've got their lists and uh, and spreadsheets all over the place and stuff. And they spend so much time curating these lists, updating them, you know, all that type of stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, any time that they're not on the phone with customers is a cost to you every minute that they waste on that do you know so it's and, and, and the amazing thing is how many businesses run like that right yeah yes yeah, so and when you look at it you go how much time is your is your sales team spending reporting and it goes well and you're like, like do you track that i'm like well what if you could just pull a that was based on the work that someone did yesterday or the work that they did this morning you know? but you'd have to like run a report to do i'm like no it's here because I sent this many emails. I made this many calls. I loaded this many deals. It's live. Yeah. Here's the probability of the closing. Here's yeah. the. I was even saying to him like with HubSpot, you can also like you know you're you're looking for the end of day report about what happened with these deals and that type of thing. We can set up autom- automations in the background so you don't have to do that. They just get pinged on this. They fill in these uh, uh, these sections of HubSpot, and then it's it's done you know <laughs> so. yeah using hubspot yeah so we sell hubspot obviously to customers but we use hubspot as a core system in our business and yeah i've run my own business for 21 years and i've never had a better understanding of where we are from a sales perspective forecast perspective and an operational perspective than i do working out of hubspot and my single minded drive is if if you're putting it in a spreadsheet you're doing it wrong. 100%. Yeah. Why is it not in the system? Because if it goes into a spreadsheet, you have a risk of human error. If it's built into the system and into the process, people can't forget to do it. Right? You can't forget to build the, the additional work that you did. Yeah, it's all... Because it's built into the system. It doesn't allow you to forget. It's such an, it's a, such an important thing. And it's great to hear that you, you kind of bake that into your own business. That's a... Uh... That's always a, a good place to start. When we're talking about the type of customer you guys are working with, what's the, is there like an industry or something that you guys go for? Or is it kind of, is it most of the, the business that you do in South Africa? What's the, the type of customers you guys are look, working with? So I was on a call just before this and um, customer, you know, they were saying, if we expand our business outside of South Africa, would you be able to support us? And um I did an analysis the other day. The only time zone at the moment in the world that we don't service is Hawaii. Um, So we're serving everybody from the West Coast of the US to the East Coast of Australia. Um, And we've rolled out. So we, and most of our staff are South African based. And we do have a handful of people outside of South Africa, but the core delivery team is in South Africa. It's a great time zone to be in. Well, you know, good literacy rates, um, people are well-trained, they work hard and pretty affordable um, in on global terms. Yeah. So it's a really good place to service, particularly Europe. So we, we're currently delivering work into the UK, uh, the UAE, I think nine or 11 countries in Europe. Wow. 14 countries in Asia. 
Australia, Canada, and we don't service South America because the language barrier is too big. Yeah. Um, so we don't have anything in South America, but um, pretty much if there's an English speaking country or expat community, um, we'll, we'll speak, we'll, we'll service that. Um, or if it's a multinational that has representation in non-English speaking countries, then we'll, we'll service that. Um, so we're not limited by boundaries and COVID has been exceptionally good to us. Um, kind of opens we, the, the whole sorry. it opens the, the mindset to for everyone to say well it doesn't matter if they're not uh, local oh, we're all no, remote so why can't yeah. we be remote from south africa yeah what's the difference yeah especially so, so uh, south africa is it uh, gmt plus one give or yeah. take yeah so it's basically yeah. right there in the middle kind of like ireland as well where right <laughs> like we can serve a lot of places where we are like it's a really good time zone to work from so you know you're six hours um ahead of the east coast of america yeah you six hours ahead of uh, behind the east coast of australia um so it's a bit it, it gets a little bit onerous if we're servicing yeah you know, the far east from an asian point of view um but we we stagger our work for our workload right so we have some people that start early morning and finish mid-afternoon and others who start um late morning and finish mid-evening so um yeah we just accommodate that it's a great it's like these these days of when people are starting businesses it's a different mindset than it was you know even 10 years ago where i know if you're starting in ireland i mean you'll serve Ireland first maybe or south africa first but now it's like especially i think me when i when i started working in hubspot i really opened my mind to the possibilities because I, I was working in the nordic region selling and i at the time i had never been to any of those nordic countries and we we're doing very well you know uh over time i got to visit all of them which is great through doing lots of events with hubspot and you know it was a great time but uh i just really opened my eyes my bucket list. Uh, definitely a top of my bucket list is to get up there yeah it's it uh, really is. really never been i've been to europe but i've never been to the nordics it's fabulous i'd uh i'd recommend it but is there so one of the things I ask people that come onto the the podcast is is there any kind of projects that you like doing or you guys do really well that you you know what's the what's the kind of sweet spot for you guys? Um, we don't have a particular vertical, and when we started with HubSpot, you know, it, it was very much around pick your vertical, pick your niche, and um, our niche is complex solutions, right? So B two B complex B two B sales environments or marketing environments. Um, we are. We like the complex. We like to have to think strategically. Um, we like to integrate systems. Um, so we do a lot in manufacturing, um, heavy industry. Uh, so we've got a lot of clients in waste management. Interesting. Which when I first got into waste management, I was like, wow, that can't be exciting. Man, it is the most innovative space to be working in because everybody's looking at how do we reduce carbon footprints? How do we... Yeah make how do we save the planet right it's it's deep and meaningful yeah. work um so but it's very complex work yeah so how figuring out how to explain their value proposition um and to articulate that to a customer and to you know rationalize it from a sales perspective very exciting work so that would be our niche is you know a complex b2b environment where we can make a meaningful strategic impact. Okay. And would you be working with your customers kind of in the long term, or is it more project-based? What would be the, the typical stuff for you guys? Um, so look, Spitfire is only just over five years old, um, but our retention rate is excellent. Um, 
recently we've seen more project-based work, um, but that typically is a rebound, like there's rebound work on that. So you do the project and then you you pick up additional work um, on the back of it. And I think it's the nature of the fact that people can't or are nervous of committing to a long-term contract. Um, but having said that, more than... Should have checked these numbers, but around seventy percent of our clients are on long-term contract or retainer. Okay, that's a pretty big uh, slice, especially compared to some of the the partners so, I spoke to. So it's interesting. So when we built the business model for Spitfire, um, and Spitfire was a spin-off of my original business, um, that business was very much a project-based business. We did campaigns. Yes, it was do a campaign, pitch for the next one, do a campaign. Um, very li- limited retainer work, um, which means that you're starting every month at base zero, um, which doesn't allow for a huge amount of predictability or stability. For sure. So you know, Spitfire, we we went out, I obviously had 20 years experience, run, or 18 years experience running my own business, um, going, what did I learn? And Spitfire is very much more purpose-built, um, you know, very, clear, very much clearer strategy purpose-built for a specific solution, um, recruiting people with specific skill sets, recruiting clients that are, that that fit into what we need to, to do, um, and turning away clients that don't fit that. Right? In my previous life, we took everything. Okay, which can get complicated. <laughs> so the problem, we were entrepreneurs. Yeah, we can do that, no problem. Um, we turn away more than we, than we don't. Okay, so if people are working with Spitfire, they know that it's it's something that you guys are confident that you can really nail, or you're, it's you're gonna you know, refer it to somebody else maybe. And and we'll openly say that guys, we're not for you. Um, we're not. This, we can't solve this problem for you. Um, I had a client or prospect that contacted us. It was a referral. Um, they wanted to launch a new business. Um, in on the, yeah, they were targeting big clients in the metropolitans in the US selling a consulting service that was not established and they wanted a, a turnaround in three months to to show return on investment. I said it's just it's, it's not not feasible. Like I've done this too too often to know that what you're asking me to do is not achievable, not even by Steve Jobs if you could reincarnate him. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not a, that you. If you don't, if you can't extend the window beyond the three months, we can't deliver this for you. Yeah. If you want to take a strategic approach, set key milestones, and grow your business in a very structured way through continuous improvement, we can help you do that. But if you want to go hit hit the switch and go from naught to a hundred in three seconds, there's a really good chance your engine's going to explode or you're going to crash. Right, yeah. it just doesn't happen. It's it's kind of it's an interesting way because when you're starting, maybe it's because you had the the experience of the first business uh, as well. But I can imagine if you start your your business and you're maybe two years in or something, you might say, "Yeah, we'll give that a go." You know, keeps the lights on for like you said for another month, and then. Uh, but I guess uh, reputational damage can happen if it's uh, if it's not going to be yeah. successful. And, and I'm not I'm not saying we got we've got everything right. Mm-hmm. We've had failures. And I'll yeah put my hand up to that. We've had clients that we we took it on and we thought we could do it and we couldn't. Um, and 
there's extenuating circumstances, right? So, and I think the nature of business is that the fault is never in one place, right? So you can go, well, the agency didn't deliver, but really what you can look at is there's multiple um, factors, right? So is your product robust? Yeah. And we had a client that we resigned after doing, we did a whole lot of strategic work. Um, We delivered, we were delivering campaigns. We were generating leads and they're closing no sales. Okay. So I I started phoning prospects and I was like, yeah, so I believe you, I believe you guys decided not to go with this, with the solution. I'm doing some market research. Could you explain to me why, what your, the, the rationale and your decision? And they went, well, it just doesn't deliver what we need. Okay. Um, I explained it to me and they were, well, it doesn't have this feature. It doesn't have this feature. It doesn't have this feature, which we have in our existing product. Why would we switch away from something that does what we need to something that only does a third of what we need? And that's- so the product was inferior. And I was like, well, I'm putting in a huge amount of effort and this will never be successful because the product's not fully developed yet. Yeah. And if they don't have the, it's like inbound marketing, when you do, I've worked in an environment before I started working in HubSpot where we had a, a really robust um, inbound setup where we got really great leads as in they were, you know, they knew our brand, they were kind of ready to speak to us and stuff like that. And the our, our closing rate with some reps versus other reps were were completely different and it was kind of that last bit it, it, it's not just about the leads i know it sounds like it is uh, a lot of the time but if the product's not there if the the closability isn't isn't there if it's not easy for the the customer to actually buy in the end or if there has to do less legal stuff you know anything that complicates the buying process you know is out of if your salespeople aren't trained yeah or motivated exactly or held accountable um, you know so I, I had a scenario with the client where it, i mean it's such a simple one right but they had no data we put sales pro in and they had this one two two sales reps so they i think a team of 10 or 12 people and they had two they had one guy who was on performance review because he never hit his quota in terms of um, activity they're like, he doesn't make enough calls. He doesn't book enough meetings. I'm like, does he hit his sales number? They're like, just. Every month, he just hits his number. I'm like, well, yeah, put his number up. Um, yeah, but if he's hitting his number, is there really an issue? But they had another rep who was, and it was a lady, and she was on performance review because she couldn't close. Yeah. Right? She was, but she had this massive activity level, and we could start to detect this in HubSpot. And I was like, she's really good at getting meetings, but can't close a thing. And this guy's really bad at getting meetings, but closes everything he touches. So we made them a team. (laughs) And they did like four times their number combined in in the the first quarter. I'm like, it's through data. So having that data available to you to make decisions and using it in a robust way, because often people go, we've got data. And you look at the report and it's just numbers. And like you asked early on, what do we do really well? So Alison and her team use the data to tell stories. Okay. So they interpret the data to go, this is what it means for your business. We don't just provide a report that says we had this many visitors to the website. We go, you had this many visitors, this many leads, and this is what it means for your business. And this is how you can leverage it. Like that synthesis is so such an important step for getting meaningful 
actions out of data like and i think that having somebody from the outside having a look at these things as well kind of gives a, a little bit of distance in uh in the process as well so they can say you know you should put these two together in a team maybe that will work you know um so it's a it's a i think the takeaway from this podcast for me is the uh spitfire if you're a company globally um who uh is looking for or is a b2b complex environment that is looking to make data uh driven decisions on marketing and sales maybe that might be a good fit for what you guys are doing would, would that be a good takeaway I think you've summed it up very nicely. Can I put that on our website? Yeah, Lou Curry, HubSpot. Uh, yeah. I like it. That's brilliant. So Darren, we usually do these for about 20 minutes. We're over time already, but I uh, I really did enjoy uh, having a chat with you today. And I'll be sharing this uh, on our socials and all that good stuff. Um, but if anybody wants to uh, reach out to Darren, I'll have the all of the contact details in the show notes. Darren, thanks very much for joining us today. Luke, thanks so much for your time. Um, I think it's a great initiative and good luck with the rest of your series. Perfect. Thanks.